0: All right, we're continuing a series we started last week called Seven Churches and we're looking at the Seven Churches of Revelation and the book of Revelation was addressed to these seven churches. And so when we read the book of Revelation, we have to remember whether it's chapter 1 or chapter 19, it was addressed to people living In that age, it wasn't just addressed to people living in 2022. And what we're doing is we're looking at each one of these seven churches because Jesus has a distinct message for each one of these churches. And today we're going to be talking about the church of Smyrna. Now, Smyrna had a large harbor, it had a a flourishing trade, and it was a, a very beautiful city. And if there's any nerds out there, just dying to know what it is today. Well, it is now the city of Izmir. That is the third largest city in Turkey. Come on, let's give it up for Izmir and praise God for that. No, but uh, we talked about that each one of these churches were facing intense persecution and the temptation to compromise, and that is because in this part of the, the empire, of the Roman Empire, there sprang up a basically a religious cult that worshiped the emperor of Rome and in 26 AD Smyrna won a contest to build a monument to the emperor Tiberius and th- it was like a mecca for this cult worship and because of that the church of Smyrna faced intense persecution they intense uh, they, they've uh, faced the intense uh, pressure to compromise and to give up on their God-given convictions. And because of that, uh, many of them were put in prison, many of them put to death, and many of them would lose their jobs, lose their uh, affluence in whatever circle they were in. And I want us to start in Revelation chapter 2, verse 8, as we see the word that God gives this church. It says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came back to life. Now, there's a very important message in this introductory statement that Jesus gives this church. He's saying, I am the first and the last. This world around you is not the first, the emperor's not the first, I'm the first, and I'll be here when everything's gone. And Smyrna was destroyed in the 6th century. B.C. and it was uh, rebuilt in the second century B.C. and it was known as the city that went from death to life. And Jesus is giving them a message here, and that is this: you know, the people who are around you are all caught up in the world systems of, of uh, worshiping power, worshiping uh, the, the political systems, worshiping the infrastructure that's around them. But I am the first and the last, and I am the one that is the only one that goes from death to life, and how many is glad that when this world has passed away, when America has long been a, a passing thought, when the world systems around us have been completely shattered and destroyed, one remains on the throne today. Come on, let's give him praise today, if you're glad to know the first and the last. And so Jesus is reminding them of what will last. In Revelation 2.9, it says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty. I'm going to go ahead and use this. Tribulation and your poverty. But you are rich. And the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. And this church... And we see that each church receives a commendation, it receives a uh, correction, and it receives a, a, a word of encouragement from Jesus. They receive a commendation, a complaint, and a command. And the commendation that the church of Smyrna receives is this, is that I have seen what you're going through. I've seen the persecution that you have experiencing. And and Jesus sees that they are spiritually rich despite being financially poor and persecuted. You see, many of them were given the choice, either worship the emperor or lose your job. Worship the emperor or go to jail. And they have chosen Jesus. They have remained faithful. And Jesus says, I have seen What you have done for me. I have seen how you've stood for me. And I I just want to encourage somebody today that God sees when we suffer for him. Jesus sees that when we're going through a trial, he's not aloof and he's not cut off. And he doesn't uh, pretend like he doesn't know what we're going through. He understands what this church is going through. And and the first thing that, that we can learn from the church of Smyrna is this. Jesus is with those who are persecuted. Jesus is with those there's a special presence of God that comes with those who are persecuted you know just looking at these pictures that we had on the screen uh, and talking about what that man has probably went through what other believers like him have gone through but can you imagine the presence of God that he experiences and I've heard stories of people who've been thrown in prison and tortured for the name of Jesus And oftentimes you hear, yes, it was physically challenging, but spiritually it was something I've never experienced before because I experienced the presence and power of God in that suffering like I never have before. And it is likely that this church was facing intense poverty, but Jesus stops and he tells them, although you're poor financially, you are rich. I want to ask us today, Who's really rich? Is it the church in suburban America with all the bells and whistles and all the incredible buildings and facilities and CEOs as tithe payers? and, And I'm not preaching against that. Those churches can do wonderful things. But that in itself is not an indication of spiritual wealth. Who's really rich? that or is it the church in India or China, maybe there's 10 of them, they're meeting in secret in someone's house or in someone's basement, but they are giving every part of themselves to Christ. And I think that as an American church, we have to be honest with ourselves that sometimes we become entrapped by comfort. We come in and trapped by the things, and and, and I'm I'm just going to be honest here today. We don't experience much persecution here. I'm sorry if Starbucks doesn't put "Merry Christmas" on your coffee cup. That is not persecution. Get out a marker and write "Merry Christmas" if it makes you feel better. But we, you know we see Facebook posts about oh I can't believe they they didn't wish me Merry Christmas. They wished me Happy Holidays, and, and you know I, I couldn't some. some a thing on the internet got banned, and you can't buy it in the store anymore, and I had to buy it on Amazon, and would you believe it was free shipping? Oh, the shame. Now, and I'm not denigrating, there's some of us that have experienced real persecution, maybe from our family, and in America, sometimes it looks different, but I'm saying, by and large, we don't know what the Church of Smyrna experienced, what the house churches of China are experiencing. And Smyrna is one of two churches, two of the seven churches, who do not receive a complaint from Jesus. And I don't think that's by accident. I wonder if maybe if with persecution there comes the blessing of seeing what's really important, that with the persecution, there's not as many uh, temptations and there's not as many distractions with the things that are temporal, with the things that don't matter. I wonder, with the persecution, maybe we stop picking on each other and we start uh, splitting each other apart and we stop uh, thinking of uh, weird ways to divide ourselves and maybe we just say, you know what, the name of Jesus is more important than our differences. And the question I have for us today is, what price are we willing to pay to be spiritually rich? Now, I think I'm biased. Jesus, so I don't ultimately give the report card for our church but one of the things I love about our church and one of the ways I think we're, we're not only financially rich because by the way if you live in America by and large you're financially rich compared to the rest of the world but what we just saw here a spur of the moment offering people coming up people running to their cars to get wallets, billfolds that's what it means to be spiritually rich That's what it means to have the riches of heaven, to experience the grace of Jesus Christ and then go give that away to somebody else, to bless somebody else. Does anybody in here want to be spiritually rich? How many, you're not concerned with just a bigger house, nicer car, but you want to have treasures in heaven. Revelation 2.10, he says this, he says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested for ten days and you all have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The second thing I think we can see from the church of Smyrna is that Jesus is still in control when we are persecuted. And the command that they receive is this. Be faithful unto death. Now, I'm all for prophetic ministry. It's needed. I've seen God do incredible things. You know, sometimes we bring people into this pulpit who have a prophetic ministry who work in that gift, and I've seen them, you know, call some of us out and and just uh, give direct words from God that there's no other way that that they would have known. But, you know, it's often kind of humorous that, that very rarely You know, does someone pull someone up to the side and just prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, the next three months of your life is going to be absolute hell. And you're going to lose your job, and you're going to face health challenges. God bless, right? Most of the times we want to hear, like, the good stuff. Like, you know, hey, your marriage is about to get fixed. You're about to get promoted on your job. 2022 is going to be the greatest year of your life. But what I love about Jesus is he's realistic in the book of Revelation. He tells the church of Smyrna, you're about to go through it. You're about to go through a tremendous trial. It's not about to get easier. It's about to get worse. But remain faithful unto death. And don't be afraid. Do not fear. He says the devil is about to throw some of you in prison. You know, some of us. I I wish I could say that everybody in this place would be great and we could probably, you know, crank up the music and we could get all fired up. 2022 is going to be my breakout year. I am going to see great things. Well, here's the the fact. Somebody's going to experience, somebody in this room is going to experience the worst health challenge of your life in 2022. Some of you are going to experience some things that you've never gone through before in 2022. You know why? Because that's called life. That's called reality. That's called until Jesus comes back, that's what life looks like. Now, some of us may go through tremendous favor and blessing and and see things that, you know, in in a good way that we've never seen before. And you know what? That's life, too. But here's what Jesus is saying to the church at Smyrna. Buckle your seatbelt. Get ready. They're coming after you, but I'm with you. Say to somebody in this room today, buckle your seatbelt, get ready, it's about to get real. Don't be afraid, God's with you. And there's a little nugget in this verse He says, You're gonna go through this trial for about 10 days. Now, I don't think you know when we read Revelation, it's very important. We understand that numbers and different things are metaphors. I don't think he's necessarily saying a literal 10 days. I think he's saying a short period of time. And here's what we have to understand. When we go through the fire, God knows that there's a definite start date, and he knows there's a definite end date, and it won't last forever. Psalm 30 says, Sing praise to the Lord, you who saints, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Weeping may endure for a night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. And maybe somebody here tonight, uh, somewhere, someone here today is in a night season. You're weeping through a season of night. I want to tell you, the morning's on the way, just like it was for Job, just like it was for Jesus. There's going to come a third day. Where God is going to resurrect that situation. God's going to turn everything around. Remain faithful unto death. Come on, how many has your mind made up today? I don't care what I go through. In 2022, I'm going to remain faithful unto death. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. I will not surrender. Somebody stand to your feet right now. Come on, let's worship him today all over this place. How many has got your mind made up? You're determined to make it through. That's how you have victory. Being victorious for the church at Smyrna doesn't mean escaping persecution. But it is being faithful through persecution. makes you a success is not avoiding the fire, but going through the fire and remaining faithful. Do you want to do something great for God? Do you want to make a difference? Then you've got to go through the fire. There's no escaping it. There's no getting around the cross. Take up your cross, Jesus said, and follow me. And so to be faithful as this is to hold on to their confession as Jesus is Lord. Without compromise, and for these people that may have meant this: either go to the temple and worship the cult of Rome with us, or lose your job. And they had to make a decision. and I, I've heard stories of people giving horrific choices heard stories of missionaries where the baby was ripped out of their hands and they were told, renounce Jesus or we're taking the baby. And with tears in their eyes, they said, I can't do it. I'm holding on to my confession. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I don't know what that even looks like. But what Jesus is letting these people know is that the people persecuting them won't have the last word, because Jesus will have the last word. Here's what he says, he says, if you're faithful unto death, we go back to verse 10, I will give you the crown of life. Now, that word crown is referring to a wreath that was placed upon a runner's head when they they won a race, and the Lord is letting them know that there, there is a race to win here, there is a prize to win here. If you remain faithful unto death, it's going to be worth it. How many knows that Jesus is worth it? How many knows that there's a there, there's a very real cost here and now, but there's a greater prize. As the Apostle Paul put it, that what we are going through, Side of this. And I, I think of a story in the book of Acts, and every time I read this story, my Bible reading, it always challenges me, and there's like this kind of dark humor to it. And it's in Acts chapter 5, and it says, speaking of the disciples, it says, When they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak the name of Jesus and let them go. So they beat them and said, Don't talk about Jesus. In and, every, uh, and then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And, I, and in my mind, I always think about what that looks like. Like they, they leave, they've been beaten, they've been released, and they're going down the sidewalk giving each other high fives. Like John's got a black eye, and, and uh, Peter's got a Charlie horse, and you know, they're, they're limping. And they're like, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that incredible? They beat us for the name of Jesus. And and they're talking about, you know, can you believe that Jesus allowed us to experience that? Like, that's just kind of twisted and weird, right? But that's how committed they were to the name of Jesus. So I just want to throw this out there at us that maybe instead of being, Constantly preoccupied with escaping persecution, maybe we should embrace it. Because that means we're counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. It's an honor to suffer for this name. And I want us to see what they did in verse 42. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching the name of Jesus didn't stop them it's been said that in the early church the lubricant for revival was the blood of the saints the more they persecuted the bigger the church grew the more they tried to stop it beat them and throw them in prison the more it grew now i'm not saying today that all of us will experience that as i said before it looks different for everybody but we have to be ready We have to be ready. We have to have our mind made up if that time comes, that the name of Jesus means everything, that Jesus, the conviction that Jesus is Lord in my heart means everything. Why? Because he's really in control. And I fear him more than I fear people. The third thing that I see from the church of Smyrna is this. Jesus rewards those who are persecuted. Verse eleven says, "He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death." What's that saying? That's saying that you might suffer in this life, you might suffer in this world, but you're going to conquer the second death. And there's going to be a lot of people who who live seventy five years and they escape pain. They escape persecution, but in the second death, they're going to face judgment. And how many knows that that second death is where life really matters, where eternity is real? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessing doesn't come by how much you have. Blessing isn't about how many Instagram and Facebook followers you have. Jesus takes the wisdom of the world and spins it on his head and says, Blessing comes when you suffer and are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why? Because there's an eternal kingdom that's yours. He says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. When that happens, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. Is anybody here living for eternity? Is anybody here living for the opinion of one? Anybody here are living for the approval of one? And we want to be a church that stands for the name of Jesus. We want to be a church that doesn't run from suffering for the name of Jesus. Why? Because of what we just saw a few minutes ago. There's an eternal reward waiting on us. And if no one stands for the name of Jesus when persecution comes, who's going to see and who's going to hear the faithfulness of God? You know, one of the young men that very possibly read this letter and heard this letter in the church of Smyrna was a young man by the name of Polycarp. Polycarp was a disciple of John. And tradition says that he became the pastor of the church of Smyrna. And he was given the choice, renounce Jesus or die. And they put him in hot oil, but he wouldn't burn. And when he wouldn't burn, they drove a spear through his heart. But his recorded last words are this. I want us to to read it. He said, 80 and six years I have served him. He has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king and savior? You threaten me with a fire that burns for a season. I want to stop there. He's saying, this is going to hurt for a few minutes. This is going to be torture for a few minutes. And after a little while, it's going to be quenched. But you are ignorant of the fire of everlasting punishment that is prepared for the wicked. What Polycarp is saying is this I would rather suffer for a few minutes here than to suffer for eternity. Because he understood that Jesus is worth it. We could all stand to our feet right now over this place. So Christ Tabernacle, we want to have the spirit of the church of Smyrna. that says we will be faithful unto death. No matter what comes at us in 2022, we're not going to surrender. We're not going to give up. We're not going to bend the knee the gods of this world and here's what I want us to do today, if you're going through a trial if you're going through suffering I want you to come to this altar today I want you to pray God help me to be faithful unto death God don't let me Walk away from my confession. If you're fighting discouragement today, you know what God's doing. He's drawing you closer. He's bringing you to a place where you you recognize your need for Him. And I said it before. And I think the reason the church, church of Smyrna didn't have a complaint against them is because they were going through the fire. They were going through persecution. Maybe they didn't have the temptations that these other churches had. I want to ask you the question, if God has to bring a problem in your life to make you holy, to make you more like him, are you open to it? If God has to let our church go through some problems. Maybe it brings some things in perspective, that things that we fight about that we shouldn't even care about. But we as a church say, Lord, if it makes us holier, if it makes us more like you, if it brings other people to you, I want to be faithful unto death. Lord, I know that there's a start date and I know that there's an end date. So if today, if you need prayer, That doesn't make you a weak person. That means you need Jesus like the rest of us. If you're going through a trial, I want to encourage you. Come up here. Let's pray today. Can we lift up our hands all over this place? Father, I pray for every person, God, Lord, that's going through the fire today, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, we would be faithful unto death, God. Lord, I pray, Jesus, for all the Smyrnas, God, across the world today, all the churches today, God, God. Lord, meeting in the dark, God. Lord, I pray for those, Lord, who had to meet in secret. I, I pray for those, Lord, that didn't know if they would come home from church today. Bless them, God, with your presence. Lord, I pray for the Church of America, God. I pray that we would grow in boldness. God, in holiness and love for you, God. Lord, I pray we would stand for the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I pray for those today, God, that may be They're going to lose friends. They're going to lose family members. God, if they stand for the name of Jesus, Lord, if they walk in those waters of baptism, there's going to be people who walk away. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness to do it anyway, because Jesus, you are worth it. You are the first and the last, God, Lord, and you will bring us through this trial when this world fades, God, you alone will stand. Come on, if you are glad that Jesus is worth it, come on, let's give him a shout. Let's give him praise today as we sing in all of this place. Come on. Let's find a place to pray.